Oh, hey. Welcome into Off Topic. I'm Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. A little late today. Apologies for that. I had some things to do. That's all. What's up, Kev? First in, Chris Holt and Aaron Walker on the podium today. Zoras, hello. Not to be confused with Zora from SoRare. John Andrews, what's up? Germ? ZM Star catching an Off Topic live. Yeah, so... We're about uh, 90 minutes later than I normally go because um, I had stuff to do. Daniel, good evening. Let's see. Tuggy, what's up? Johanneton, was I late? I apologize. I apologize. Oh, Mr. Harry Trades is in the house. Connor, Mike Bassin, what's up? Uh, I'm actually going to talk about Harry Trades because he is... Tuggy said this title worries me. No worries. No worries. Oh, it's actually funny. I'll tell you what the other title was in a little bit. Um, so where was I got? Carry trades. So the other doors opening. This has nothing to do with I, I realized that. So the original title of this show was Bon Voyage, which was supposed to really just be about how I'm leaving for France. I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Uh, but then I mean, it was like, man, that kind of sounds like maybe I'm leaving. And that's not the point. And then I said another door. What did I? I don't remember what I called this one now. Another door opens. And I was like, oh, that's actually probably more confusing for people. And it's not really what I meant to say, but it at least got tuggy thinking and coming in being like, oh, no, I should find out what he does. So it's like a little clickbaity. I'm just kidding. Um, but Harry trades is the reason, uh, germ says another door opens or are we all going to UC? I am, I, I don't know enough about ultimate champions and Connor said the current title is worse. It might be, is it worse? Is it worse or is it better? Cause now everybody like wants to find out what it, what's, what it's all about. Hashtag content. Um, so ultimate champions, like, I don't, I, I don't even want to say I tried ultimate champions. I like signed up and I didn't, um, I know how to do anything. And so I was like, okay, that's, I spent enough time on so rare. I don't need another one. Aaron said, I uh, thought you were leaving and Harry was taking over. Harry's probably much more qualified to do this than I am. So uh, that's, I mean, that would have been fine. Absolutely fine. But Harry is the reason. So I, I think I've mentioned this before and I feel bad about it, particularly given like my job here at so rare data is about content. And generally it means uh, Mike Patton said, if another door opens while flying to France, it might need to panic. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Connor said, genuinely clicked on it because I thought you were leaving Sora Data and doing something else. That would be really something if I use like the Sora Data channel to being like, I'm gone. Uh, but no, I am not leaving. Um, no, they're going to have to get rid of me. They're not, I, I, I'm not leaving. They They will have to hopefully politely say, you're done here. Anyway, I mean, not actually do that, but so my job is 
head of content for Sora Data. And part of that is creating content, which is obviously part of like what I'm doing right now. Really well, in fact, sheesh. Um, but uh, another part of it is kind of seeing what other content is out there and figuring out ways that maybe Sora Data can make it better. And so there's a, there's only a, there's a finite amount of time I can spend every day consuming content because I'm also like supposed to create it. The mic is right. If they told me in French that I was gone, I wouldn't know anyway. Yeah, I would just keep showing up. Uh, so Radik, you're right. I, I, th I, would, I thought about bringing the Leo, the Leo GIF in, but anyway, so I, I'm one of those people who creates so rare content and just doesn't consume a lot of it. And I kind of feel bad about it because I feel like I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I feel bad about because I know there is like really good content out there and people kind of comment about it. And I'm just like, I, I don't watch or listen to that. And the way my schedule works more like my life schedule than my work schedule, it, it doesn't, always allow me a lot of time to just sit down and like watch Sora videos. And it does feel a little weird doing that, like in the, like while I'm supposed to be doing other work and I'm like, oh, let me just sit down and watch this video for an hour. And, and so, sorry, Tuggy title was great layered ego booster. Fuck getting likes and subs. I'm going to make people think I'm leaving and have everyone confess their adoration for me. Oh, that's what it is. There probably was some underlying um, hubris in there, uh, Tuggy. You're right. You're right. Guilty as charged. Uh, anyway, so it's I don't pick up new SoRare content often, and so basically for a, the longest time, like I would listen to So Far So Rare as soon as it came out, at least for me, which I did today. Shout out to Sam Tai, who's now fired from looking up with Laird and replaced by Quinny and Techers, but the so it was so far so rare, end product, and then it was kind of just like some things every so often. And for a while, like those were really the only consistent shows out there other than what um, what we do here. And I'm not obviously watching all of these back. I do watch some or listen. Um, Mike Basson said, just run everything on one and a half speed, save so much time. So I've tried that before. And... I don't know. It's just not for me. I like hearing people's voices. I think Gator Guy is an, I believe, I know he's, I was gonna say, I know he's a psycho, but I think he admitted to me the other day, he li listens on two and a half, if not three speed. And I do know other people who do that. And then they hear people's real voices and they're just like, oh, I didn't realize that's what you sounded like. Um, Daniel Setter's Tecker's still on So Rare. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't spoken to him, but I don't know. He, I, I'm, uh, I've like sporadically seen stuff from him, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his situation is. Um, Connor said, is listening to someone you are interviewing talk so rare count as consuming so rare? That's a good question. Like, well, I, I don't know. Yes. No. Anyway. So I have been trying to just take in more sober content. And I generally do that through podcasts, not watching videos. And I'm, I'm in the car enough or at the gym where I can listen to podcasts 
fine. I actually don't really like listening to podcasts at the gym. I'm more of just a music guy because I'm I want to like go there, work out, and leave. And podcasts, I find myself getting a little uh, distracted, and then I'm not really doing anything there. And speaking of distracted, that's the other thing is that a lot of people are like, oh, just put it on in the background, like whatever the show is. And that's my problem as well, because I either am focusing on what I'm working on and therefore not listening, or I'm listening and therefore not focusing on what I'm working on. Like I literally, it, I feel like I can multitask, but but podcasts or videos as like a secondary thing I cannot do. So anyway, so I, do, I am a consistent, although I am behind right now, uh, Sora Ramble uh, listener. Part of that is because I've kind of known through the internet uh, SR Monkey for years. And so he was, he was like, I'm starting a new show. You should listen. Or he didn't say that. He said, I'm starting a new show. And I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. And I've just kind of progressively kept going. Um, and I really like uh, Chris and they have that, the other guy on, whoever Ryan is. And um, so I listen to that. And I don't, again, like that's pretty much it. And there's so much more content out there that I'm not, I know I'm missing things. Um, Mike said, do you find it difficult to catch up if you get behind? So yeah, yes, I do. Um, however, I'm going to do that. But anyway, so I I don't really, so I was just uh, somewhere, I don't remember what I was doing. Um, that's right, Harbor, yeah. Um, so, I am familiar with uh, Make It a Double Double, and I can't remember if I went to listen to it once or not. I don't think I did, but I saw that Harry Trades was on it last week or two weeks ago. And I commented about this, in, I think, on Sober Andrews uh, about the whole vodka Coke thing, which is apparently a very popular drink in, in the UK. And I just, Andy and I just weren't aware that it was that popular. Because nobody drinks out here in the States. But anyway, so I listened to the Harry Trades episode of Make It a Double Double, which I believe was the 12th or 13th. Um, and I loved it. And I, I, I kind of wasn't sure if I loved it because Harry was on. They, I would say the actual so rare conversation of the whatever the length of time was, like 80% of it was not so rare which I generally, you generally are okay with that once you become familiar with like the, the co-hosts and all this stuff. And so there was just something about that show that I really, really enjoyed. And so I was like, I should, I just need to listen to all of them. And so the reason I was late today is that I had to drive somewhere for a while and drive back. So I had a long drive and I was like, oh, perfect podcast time. So I listened to the I listened to So Far So Rare with Sam Ty today. And then I threw on literally episode one of Make It a Double Double. And I wasn't sure if I should, because I think there have been two or three since Harry. And I wasn't sure if I should just like, oh, forget all the other ones. But I'm going to be on a plane for like eight hours tomorrow. And then again, the following week. And I was like, let's just go. And it's great. It is, I mean, again, I am one uh, no, I'm sorry. I just started the third episode. 
I feel like I'm talking about a show that I'm binging, but it, literally that's exactly what it is. So I got, I listened to the first one and I will say, and they kind of made a, a few comments of it during the show that they, you know, they were like, we're just people who play so rare. Like we don't, we don't we're not like professional content creators. We're not podcast. And it was really well done. And somebody had made a comment previously on one of the content conversations that we've had that you obviously like need to like the people who are doing the shows. Like if, if they're not entertaining or, or, you know, you need to come back and these guys are great. And the non so rare stuff I find that they talk about is I just was finding myself very interested in it. And they do a quiz and they do so rare darts where you have to come up. It's similar to the, what was that Nellis game? 137 game. Anyway, so I listened to that one. To the first one, I listened to the one with Sora Canary, which was great. And I just started the one with uh, Sora on a budget. And I, and, the, and these shows probably came out like six months ago. But I, I just, I'm in. And it was really nice to like find a new show like this, even though I know there are others out there. I, and to be honest, I don't know if I would have started had they not had Harry on and they've had other guests, some of whom I know, but I just, maybe when they were on the time just didn't work that it just happened that I can come in. Uh, and so it's everybody, like, I don't want to say what I like everybody likes, but I have really enjoyed the show. And so that's it. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I think it's make it a double, double, um, I mean, that's what it's called. It's on, it's just a podcast. I listen on Spotify. It's also on Apple. They have a Twitter account as well. Let me see if I can find them. Is it just uh, M-I-A-D-D, make it a double-double podcast. That's what they are. And yeah, Mark, Adam, and Aaron. And it's, it's how do they describe it? A podcast based on the social aspect more than SO5 itself. And that's part of what I wanted to talk about today. Obviously, the new door that is, is that what I called? Another door opens. This was the door I have to the uh, Sorer Saloon Make It a Double Double podcast that I will now listen to every week once I catch up. And so it's great. And it's it reminded me that, oh, so Parapress says, we'll have to give those guys a listen. Oh, Parapress also does some great stuff. And I was watching his live stream earlier this week. So that was another one where I was like clicking through. I was on, I have uh, TweetDeck. And with TweetDeck, it's just like, I just have like columns of all this so rare stuff. And he was like, I'm going live. And selfishly, he had tagged me in a, in a tweet previously where he did a video um, discussing videos that we had made, uh, including the recent one with Bob Flynn. So, you know, the, the ego in me got going and I watched his live, live stream for a little bit and it was great. Um, uh, ZM, what'd you say? If it's not on YouTube, I can't connect as much with the people. So I, I feel that, but I, I don't know. I think it works because I, I was, I, I'm old enough where like I listened to podcasts for years before, like I ever really wanted to watch people talk on, on YouTube. I still don't, I still probably prefer listening. Um, 
Yeah. Daniel Cooper said, that's what's good about SoRare Down Under. It's entertaining and not so strictly about playing SoRare, but fun things related to it. Absolutely. That So unfortunately, I prefer watching So no, not unfortunately, but like I prefer watching SoRare Down Under. It feels like a much more visual show. Um, and I realize that as I'm listening to it on Spotify and then like they're, they're just laughing about something. And it's like, oh, I kind of want to like see what they're laughing about. Um, Mike says you're old enough to remember radio shows pre-TV. I'm not that old, Mike. Not that old. Um, Star says I may be as old or older than you, Laird. I just I just turned. I uh, turned 42 this year. Um, <clears throat> but I only feel 41. So the so what they were talking like this this whole thing, this like social aspect of so rare. And one of the things they discussed in an episode was how they were in like this group chat and in that group chat were people who stopped playing so rare, but they, for, you know, whatever different reasons life comes up, you got to sell your gallery. They were like, but people stay involved in the group chat because it's, it's um, just entertaining. And there's a social aspect to so rare that we don't, I don't think we necessarily underestimate because I spend a ton of time talking to people that I wouldn't normally be speaking to. Um, like when Harry to name drop Harry trades again, when Harry was on so far, so rare last week, he was, I kind of, uh, gave them a softball question of just to talk about myself, man, I am really, I didn't realize how egocentric I was, but anyway, the, he was saying how, because of so rare, uh, Harry, Sam and I have become like very, it's weird to say like we've become very good friends, but it feels that way. And because we chat all the time, not having anything, well, not much to do about like looking up specifically, but, you know, we want each other to succeed. And when one of us has a sweat, the other two are like excited about it. And there are these little pockets of friendships that pop up because of So Rare. And I realized that the more ways that you find connections in so rare, the more obviously, and I'm not, this is going to sound like, but anyway, you become more invested in it. And it's not like, oh, I'm putting more money in, but like, it's a hobby that also generates legitimate friendships. I've actually like hung out with Harry. Like I've met Harry in real life. Sam, I have not had the pleasure yet, but the, I've, I've had separate conversations with a few people recently that are getting bored of so rare. And I, it, it's interesting because it kind of comes from a place for them where money was the main reason they were here. And I'm going to sneeze. Hold on one second. Ooh, sorry about that. Anyway. So people who have made a lot of money on so rare and don't make as much money on so rare now and so rare was like or the money was a reason to play so rare so rare sucks to them now and I get that and I think for most people it's not only about the money and that because of that they're they're able to appreciate the enjoyment that you get from being friends with other people or watching football that you would have never watched before. 
And it's almost like a, a warning, not a warning, but it, it feels a bit like a warning of if you get so successful at this game where the money isn't enough, where, where, excuse me, excuse me, you get so successful where it becomes a legitimate moneymaker and then that money dries up, it, you've completely lost the ability to enjoy it any other way. And this make it a double, double podcast is making me enjoy so rare more in a, in, in a new way that is obviously similar to the, I mean, it's, it's a podcast. It's not like I'm, there's a whole different way, but it's a few more people who have a very similar interest to me that are aware of the inside jokes of the community that I can enjoy because no one I know in real life <laughs> plays Sora. And so it's just another, what is it called? Another door opening of ways to enjoy so rare. And I realized that I become, or I appear overly optimistic or happy about so rare. And everyone's like, oh, prices are tanking. You got in early. Of course you could be happy. Well, yeah, I'm happy. I enjoy this game and I enjoy the, the, the things that come out of it that wouldn't necessarily, or not necessarily, wouldn't have ever happened. Like I went down to Dallas. When was Dallas? May? April? May? I went down to Dallas and stayed in a house with a bunch of people that I met on the internet playing So Rare. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I, I mean... Orlando was actually the first time. That's right, Jerm. Thank you again for all of your uh, hospitality down there. The I, when I first went to Orlando, and the nice thing about Orlando down there was that like Maxime was there, so it was like, oh, like I'm working. But also, I had never met Maxime in person before I started working for him. But anyway, so I went down, yeah, you know, and my wife was like, "Why are you going to Orlando?" And I'm like, "There are a bunch of people that I know on the internet that are going down there." And I'd like to see them. And that's what it was. And I met, that's when I met Andy for the first time. I met Nellis, Harry Trade. This is where I'm going to start forgetting people and I'm going to feel really bad. First time I met Black was there, Trippin' B. And I had known Trippin' B also from the internet for years before. And Nellis actually posted a video of me and Andy meeting for the first time. It's like deep in his Twitter um, posts. But I we walked into a bar. Andy was already shit canned. And he's like up against the glass going like this as I walked in because I was late. And I walked in and I actually hugged Trippin' B first. And I remember a bunch of people were like, what is he? Who's that guy? It's like, oh, it's Trippin' B. And then I saw Andy. And and so there's there's just so much of a social aspect of So Rare that is underappreciated, I think, which is crazy because we spend so much time, like all of us spend so much time like talking to people about so rare. Um, I did call it a work trip. Uh, and so, all right. So my plane was delayed. That's why I, it wasn't because of me. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so there's this social aspect of so rare that adds to the to the enjoyment of it. And I feel like when you get to a point where the money 
where making money is the reason you're here, it's easier to get bored. I was going to say complacent, but it's not even that because you're just like, oh, I need to find other ways to make money, other ways to make money. And that's not, it's just not sustainable really, especially now with like the way the market is. And so people are like, oh, I used to be able to win a $20,000 Mbappe and now I can win a $2,000 Howland or something. I don't even know what it goes for. Um, and so like, if you focus on money too much, you're not, you're going to miss out on what you can get out of Sora. That's not just money. And I realized that how dumb that sounds as soon as it came out of my mouth, but it's reality that mo most of us are not getting rich playing so rare. So just enjoy it and find ways to enjoy it. And I did, I was also thinking about kind of the, not as much ROI in terms of so rare, but like we, we think about, like, if you think about how much money you've put into so rare and if you just kind of extrapolate that, like on a per year basis, like, would you be willing to have paid that much money, whatever it comes out to be, if it's a hundred dollars a year, a thousand dollars a year, $10,000 a year, would you have paid that money for like the entertainment and enjoyment you're getting out of so rare? And obviously all of us would say no, if you were like told that ahead of time. But I think in, in a world where, where we pay for entertainment and enjoyment, of course you would, this is a steal. And again, I get everybody who's like, well, I've lost all my money and this isn't fun. And I'm sorry that happened to you. There are probably, uh, there are probably myriad reasons why it happened. And if you can try to find the positives, then I would recommend trying to do that. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, I avoided the chat for a little bit there. Mike Basson said, I have a few WhatsApp groups like that. Social networking. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's literally social networking. Uh, John Andrews said, regularly chat to people on Sora and enjoy it more than some of the people I chat to in real life. Honestly, real life people, some, most, a lot of real life people are terrible. Alex Wilson said, another door opens to the tool house. I'm going to see tool house this weekend, hopefully, as long as all my travel's okay. Johanneton said, so rare should be a hobby, in my opinion. And when it's a hobby, you can enjoy a lot more aspects of it and of the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Parapress said, he started his channel to engage with others, to engage with others, which like, yeah, that's great. Daniel Cooper, so rare content makes interacting with the game so much more enjoyable, especially for people like myself who don't know anyone in real life who plays. It's funny how like none of us know anyone who plays in real life. It's like we have this like, oh, there's this thing I really love and I cannot convince anyone else to do it. Um, Daniel said, did your mom tell you not to meet strangers from the internet? <laughs> yeah, but I ended up working for one. That's right, Jeremy. We're going to go to Ren one day. Um, let's see. Germ said, you can't put a price tag on unexpected friendships with strangers that mean well. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. <clears throat> Mr. X said, how enjoy when last year I put 25,000 and this year is 5,000. So rare, don't do nothing to solve that problem. I think if you're focusing too much on the $20,000 that you've presumably lost, then you're, the problem is less on so rare. Um, but I get that. I, I, I get 
how frustrating it is to have someone like me tell you to enjoy it when you've lost that much money. And I can't speak to why you've lost all that money because there are like <clears throat> many more economic factors that go into just like you bought these cards and now they're worth less. Um, but I think that if that was the case or because that's the case, um, that you should either leave and, and I'm not saying that like sell your cards and leave. Like if, if what, if that sitting there is, is a hindrance to you being happy, then I think you should like step away for a little bit because it doesn't make it any easier if you're just watching a falling number, particularly if you're not going to do anything about it. And so you can try to have fun and try to say, all right, well, this is what my cards are worth now. How can I start to win and try to get some of that back? And if that, if that isn't of any interest, then I don't see a healthy way, reason to stay. That sounded really harsh, but I, I didn't really mean it to sound that way. But like, if something is, is unenjoyable to you, there are things you can do to try to make it more enjoyable. And you just start from there. I think you could pretty much be like, well, what happens if, what would I do if I had started right now and I have $5,000? How do I make that into 25,000? And you can't do it overnight. None of us are able to do that. But that's the goal now. Like maybe the goal just changed from turning 25 into 100 and putting, and now it's turning five into six and then six into seven. <clears throat> Johanneton said, in addition to the fun and the love of football, love to football, I feel like so rare provides me a ton of necessary escapism too, especially now, which is funny because I feel like Mr. X needs a different escape from so rare. Alex said, one day the Sora Scandinavia Discord podcast will be a thing. Mark my words. I hope so. I, I really hope so because they're selfishly, I would listen, but also there are a lot of like really good minds in there. And I think people would benefit from that knowledge and having, just having people talk about so rare is fun. Um, Muhammad said, the fact I found a random Argentinian team from so rare and became a diehard fan is mind boggling to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kev Hurt said, I don't know anyone else in real life that plays so rare. It takes a special kind of degen, I guess. Daniel said, I spend, I spend my time watching more football for entertainment instead of doing a bunch of other things normal people pay money to do and get zero ROI. Yeah. Arthur said, my gallery is on, only on a positive because I want giveaways, not from rewards and thresholds. Mr. X says, it's not about skill, how much a Neuer was valued or a Mueller. I mean, Neuer had like a crippling injury that, and Thomas Muller doesn't play and it doesn't start anymore. ZM star. ZM, it's so funny. So like, I always knew ZM star as ZM star, but now you use so star, so rare. And I don't know which one to call you. I keep saying ZM, but I don't know why. If so rare goes to zero, I would imagine the discords I'm in would still be active with the people I now call friends. Let's just hope we don't have to figure that out. 
people would be really upset. Daniel said, if I got $0 back, then that's perfectly fine. If I got 4,000 back, then that's great. The fun and enjoyment I get is immense. Mr. X said, I have fun. It's only a hobby now, nothing more. So like, did you join? Was the point of joining, joining to make money? Or was it to play a fantasy game where you could win money? Because I think those two things are different. And that reminds me. Somebody remind me in a, in a minute about what new users think because I got a rant. Mike Basson said, let's be honest. The majority of us use SoRare as a reason to not have to spend time with our women. That's not true, Mike. I mean, it might be true for some. Bradenson, SoRare Second Division Discord is my fun place to message people about SoRare. I, I popped in there recently and I felt like so out of place because there are a lot of like really knowledgeable people in there. Uh, Rikamon said, falling back in love with watching sporting was worth it, even if they all go to zero. It feels like sporting goes to zero every week. So, um, Mike Baston says, so rare Scandinavia Discord will become UC Scandinavia if it all went to shit on so rare. And that's true. Um, <clears throat> Daniel said, I just won $100 midweek and there's a lovely looking Hyungmin Sun doing a camera celebration that would use that money up quite nicely. Those, cool, those are fun, those cards. I love those. Um, so the new user thing, there was a thread about Sora NBA that Spicer had uh, today, all about basically like why people would join. And within that, he made some really good points. But within that, he made a comment that like new users would know that if you buy now, the cards will be worth 50% less in two months and then 50% less in two months after that. And it new users don't know that. And <clears throat> I think the longer that we're on so rare, the long the the further away we are from reality when it comes to new users. And I think the new users of today are different than the new users of six months ago and are different to the new users of a year ago, which were like global club people. And I don't think any of us really know what new users think. But I do know that they're a lot more ignorant to SoRare than we give them credit for. A lot more ignorant than we give them credit for. That sounded weird. The... They don't know, they don't know. And there's a ignorance is bliss part of that. But I, I remember people saying like, why would anyone join when they could just like, they'll go on and see the card prices have fallen so much. People aren't doing that. Like they really do not do that. And you may know like one person who did, but new users look at what things are cost now and they're like, okay, that's what they cost. And oh, I own this thing, so maybe I can sell it for more one day. Very few go find out that they used to be worth so much more. Like it, it there's so little incentive to go look back because it almost doesn't matter. Like if you're buying, if you want to buy, let me see if I can pull one up here. If you want to buy an Erling Halland limited card. What's the floor these days on a Halland Limited? 
$221. Does it matter if they used to be $1,000? You're, you're not buying it for $1,000. You're not selling it for $1,000 right now. Like, does it matter? They also used to be like $5,000, uh, for 3,000. No, 4,000. I don't know why I'm not sh just showing you guys, but anyway. Um, so like that stuff doesn't matter. And so realistically, when somebody is joining, I'll just pull it up for you guys here. Hold on. Like when they look at the Erling Haaland price chart, realistically, what they're looking at is like, what is it on the market for right now? Like here's the all-time Mahalan chart. Maybe. There we go. So like the one of Bellama bought for 60, just under 6,200 bucks. And they're now like 300, 200. And, well, yeah, the old season ones are like 200-ish. Like realistically, maybe they're looking at this week. And you can see like all the auctions. And these are like the, the, the new celebration cards. Like 235 for an auction today. Is that today? Yeah. And an auction yesterday for a celebration card. 385 and then 235. Like that's what they're looking at. Mr. X said the problem is Howland is worth 200 next year will be 20 or 10. But like people don't, new users don't know that. They they, they do, do not come into this game with the expectation that what previously happened, they, they don't even care. It doesn't matter. Like it literally does not matter what a card was worth a year ago if you are buying it today. You might think it matters. Like in your head, you're like, no, 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 because like that's where prices go. But we don't know that. We 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 do not know what happens in a year from now. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up on the Tom Burns instead. I joined StoreRare to try and make money. If playing this game doesn't boost my job income, I'd probably have sold up and less left less than a hundred pounds in my gallery to play for fun now. So I think there's a difference between joining SoRare to try and make money and joining SoRare to make money. One of them is realistic and the other is what I think a lot of people do. Mr. X said, I like playing, I like fantasy football. Definitely. I joined to make some money and have fun, but didn't expect that. Now playing only for fun. I went to tier two in Asia worth $2. That seems like a high price for a tier two in Asia. Kidding, kidding. Mike Bass said they know less than we think they know. So like we, we think new users know as much as we do. And they don't, obviously. Kev said, I naively joined Sower to make money, which is possible now and again. Oh, is it, which is possible now and again, although I'll normally just reinvest. Fell in love with the game and community, and that's what made me stay. Arthur said, prices dropping is a sign of the growth the game has had. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not, um, I mean, nobody's hiding that. Like, everyone knows that the, um, 
that the growth of users is not as fast as they want. But like that's the case with every business. Every business would like to have more customers. John Andrews said people use, quote, new users, unquote, and their supposed opinions as a way to suit their narrative despite knowing what new users would actually think. Absolutely, like you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I agree, Jeremy. If Helen's 20 bucks, I'm in. <clears throat> so I, I was thinking about this because I, and this is it's like one of those things that like one of those realities that I think will really piss people off, but we should talk about it. Um, the, the point of limited cards was to make the game more accessible for people. And at the time that limiteds were, were introduced, uh, all we, obviously all we had were unique, super rare and rare. And the game was really hard to get into price-wise. And it was like unsustainably high. Like there's no way that they could have reached the number of users to make a business really thrive with a hundred limited, excuse me, a hundred rare cards of each player every year. Just it was, it was not possible. And the point of limited cards was to become a new entry point, a cheaper entry point to play. And the difficulty is that even the introductory limited card prices were too high. And it it was still a game that was unaccessible, inaccessible, not accessible. I don't know. Not enough people could play because it was too expensive. And the goal, like I think fundamentally, the goal with limited cards was to allow almost anyone to play. And that doesn't mean allow anyone to like own an Erling Haaland or an Mbappe or whatever. But fundamentally, the point was to get cheaper. And when limited cards were introduced, I remember when Pavel started buying them, like there was a legitimate thought that he would not trade limiteds because like they just hadn't existed. And everyone was like, is he going to buy them? And he just was like hoovering them up. I was like, okay, I guess he's going to. And there was no reason to think that like limiteds were going to go away. But fundamentally, limiteds were supposed to be the way for people to get involved in the game. Now, people were able to win really easily early on. And like I bought a lot of cards, like good cards or cards of good players, right? either one like the ones that I couldn't get in rare or super, that those prices were just way out of reach for me. And so it allowed me to play cards that like I never got to play. Hulk and Morioka and uh, eventually bought a Messi. Like it was fun. But that wasn't the point of limiteds. Like the point of limiteds was not for people who were already, that already had galleries and playing rare and super rare. I probably wasn't, oh, I might've been playing super rare or rare pro, what it was called then. It was, it was supposed to meant to get other people involved. And in order to do that, they needed to have a ton of cards so that prices could go down. And it's almost like, not because they were, they were never going to like market it this way. But I wish that there was like a, some sort of 
discussion, even just in the community, that limited cards were not meant to make you money. They were there to, for you to buy cards to compete in fantasy contests where you could buy, where you could win other cards. And theoretically, you could sell those for whatever and use them to get better cards. And that like rare and super rare is where you, and unique, but so few people play it, is like where you could make money on so rare. But so Johanneton said limiteds are now just for fun. I, th I think the point was that they were always supposed to be just for fun, but early on, there just wasn't that much supply. And there were a lot of people who were like, oh, cool, like me. And I was like, oh, let me go buy the best U23 players I can get because I can't get them in rare. So I bought like a Veerman, he was U23, Cody Gakpo. I bought Hulk, Maury, like I bought all of these like great cards whose rare cards were thousands of dollars at the time. And all of a sudden, like there, there's more supply and prices go down because like the users aren't growing as fast and everyone's like, whoa, 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 you, you tanked everything. And it was like, maybe this was the point. I'm not saying they like purposely tanked the market, but the, the point of limited cards was supposed to be like the cheap entry level way in and the market didn't treat it as such, certainly early on. And that happens because the, the at that time, supply did, excuse me, demand uh, was bit greater than supply. So prices went up. But at some point, like with a thousand cards a year, we knew it was possible that the, like there could be more supply than demand. And we didn't want to believe it because users were growing and it was everything was great. And there was just no thought in the world that things could slow down. And then this global economy like went to shit and people were like, I don't really have enough money for JPEGs. As fun as that looks, like I'm not going to spend that. And prices go down. Um, Johanneton said early on Mbappe was 5K, now he's 300 and that's a huge difference and that's a good difference in my opinion. And I lost a lot in limited. What, what does Mbappe cost now? Find out together. Four sixty nine. Last sale. Oh, that's more than I thought. Actually, we're not even getting that. <clears throat> Daniel said, "I disagree that limiteds are just for fun." It's, okay, uh, so rare can be a journey. You start in limiteds and slowly win your way up the ladder, and that journey isn't supposed to take a season, but many years. So I, 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 I actually don't think I misspoke. I think I think you buy limiteds to learn how to play so rare. And you can make money doing that. But I I don't think I don't think it's the most profitable way to play to that's the, <clears throat> I agree that it's not just for fun. Um but it's certainly a cheaper way to learn lessons of how to play so rare. But I just think there was, it's, it was unfortunate, as weird as it sounds, that like people were able to make so much money on limiteds early on because it just wasn't sustainable because of the, because of the, uh, 
the potential supply. Arthur said it baffles me when people say limited should be, get scraped. What would rares become? I agree that the, the idea that limited should be scraped, it just kills so many potential people who would play. Johansson said the gap from limiteds to rares is too big without a limited pro comp. I don't, we're not getting it. So I think we need to just give up on that idea. Sorry, I had to grab a cord here. Like, I don't think limited pro is coming. Um, Kev said limited can be lucrative. There's too much competition to win consistently, which is why I'm starting to treat it more as fun. Working my way into rares with more of an ROI plan by a threshold. So I actually think it's... I mean, obviously competing, and this is kind of what Sean, PSU fans too, talks about all the time, that like he he considers limited impossible. He's just like, you're never going to win. And he looks at it as like finishing first because he competes at the super rare and unique levels where it's like theoretically easier to finish first because you're competing against dozens or hundreds of people instead of literally tens of thousands. And in that respect, you're absolutely right. But like he wins limiteds all the time. Let me see if I can pull this up here. And he spends, I mean, granted, he spent a lot of money on his limiteds, but like he wins limited cards all the time. Like he consistently wins cards. Like this is PSU's like limited. Like they're all here. Like you can you can win consistently. There's there are a lot of rewards given away every game week that you can win consistently if you want. You're not going to win first place. You're not going to win stars all the time, but like nobody does in any threshold or uh, scarcity, excuse me. I don't know. Daniel said, I don't think the ROI on limiteds is much different than rare. The multipliers are similar. Just that for most of us don't view $50 as much, but 500 is a lot. It just costs 10X to enter and you win 10X. Uh, yeah, that's fair. ZM or so star, so rare. Uh, sometimes calling ourselves DGENs is fun, but really people should not be put into a panic attack when you lose 80%. Limit is, is the price point to not scare everyone away. It is now. <clears throat> I think there are plenty of people who spent tens of thousands of dollars on limited cards that are now worth tens of hundreds. And that's really frustrating and, uh, you know, anxiety inducing. And I think that there, there are ways where you can like mentally get over that, but that's on like the user. Like the example before, if you had a $25,000 gallery that's now worth 5,000, you can either try to turn that 5,000 into 6,000, or you could just choose to be angry and burn the world down on Twitter, which also doesn't help your gallery value. I'm not saying that's what, um, who was that before? Sorry, Mr. X. I'm not saying that's what Mr. X was saying, but there are people who react, who react like that, who think that like Sorare is a scam because they bought all these cards at some sort of peak price and now they're not worth that. And instead of trying to do something about it, even just trying to enjoy it a little more by talking to people who have dealt with the same thing, 
they just get angry and try to take it out on the, on everybody on, well, I see it mostly on Twitter, but <clears throat> that's what I never really understood. I think some people can think that they're saving everyone, which like we're adults, we, we don't need saving. <sighs> Mike said limited has definitely been improved from the premier league winter comp. It's been, it has given people the chance to make a decent ROI at the entry level. I haven't played, but it seems like that's possible. Um, what do you got, Kev? Limited can be lucrative, but there's too much competition. Oh, wait, that was the one from before. Sorry. Kev Hurd said, PSU has the best limiteds. I win tier fours consistently. You just say you, you don't win consistently. You win tier fours consistently. I think that's better than not winning anything ever. Um, oh, ZM said, without gallery losses, we wouldn't have go fuck, and thus our lives would be less complete. That's true. Although I think that was, wasn't that a threshold one? Oh, maybe it was on everything. RG11 says, ROI is not everything and people need to understand that, but you can't push it to the side and act like it doesn't matter either. I agree with you. And I think that there's been plenty of talk, particularly in this channel from me, that comes off like that, comes off like it doesn't matter. And, and that's not that's not fair from me. Because it does matter. It's just that it, I think it matters too much for some people as weird as not, not too much, but like they focus on it too much and it clouds the ability to get anything out of so rare. And when you're focused so much on ROI and money, there are entertainment points of this game that get lost or uh, opportunities that get lost and and then you become upset that people are enjoying it. And that's a bummer. Kev says, but then it's back to the compete versus compete, meaning big compete. I just compete little unlimiteds. Do enjoy it though. So what's the, what's the problem, Kev? Like what, where, what do we do then? Like, where, where are we going for that? I don't know. I feel like I was trying to make a point. I didn't actually make it. Now I don't remember what it is. But everybody should go subscribe to make it a double-double. What did you think of MPen's burn article? Um, I'm not sure I finished it. But... I think that burning, I, <clears throat> I think the numbers that really matter from the burning conversations. So the biggest issue I have with the burning idea is that nobody would burn something good. And so if we just all burned all of our tier five cards, where does that leave us? Like what? It's like, everyone's like, well, then that's like a lot of money that's like spread out. That's now consolidated. But is it like, I, I don't, I don't think enough people, I don't think so rare 
are ever going to be in a position to offer something so great that people would burn like great cards. And ultimately, in particular on the limited level, people are like, oh, at some point there's going to be 10,000 Mbappes. Like what, realistically, what are you offering that lots of people would take you up on like burning an Mbappe card? And if we're not getting rid of those cards, then like what actually changes if we're burning, if you have the option to burn? Uh, <clears throat> oh, where was RG? I think ultimately whatever Sorare thinks is sustainable at this moment in time, it's clearly not working. Really? Is it, are we, is it really not working right now? ZM said, I don't agree with the burn, but MPen always writes thoughtful pieces and at least we can discuss. Agree with that, Alan. Yeah, I agree with that. I like his writing style too. Um, Jerm said, I would burn 10 $20 Hallens for a massive collection boost. <clears throat> okay. Burn the rainbow and get a rainbow. Thanks, Andy. Rainbow card that can be played in any scarcity. Is that actually better? Like, would, like you're going from being, like if you had a rainbow of someone, <clears throat> right? Like let's say, Andy, what, like if Andy had a rainbow Sven Coombs, Andy, that's four places you can play him every game week. You would turn that in for one where you could play it in one place. I don't think people would do that. Daniel said, I think those that complain about prices are those who bought in high. If you put $500 in now, you can get a rare 240 team for about 10, 15 cards and win $50 a week. That's insane returns. Yeah, I, th I think... Yeah, exactly, Germ. Going from four cards with utility to one. ZM, burn cards to get coins, to get raffle tickets, to get second division jerseys. Now we're talking. <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't, I think, I think it's really, it, it's, it, it's tough hearing from people who like bought in at, at the tops at various tops because like, I genuinely feel bad, but like those were the prices that everyone paid. Like, it's not like you paid prices for cards that no one else did. Like everybody was paying those prices at that time. And so we've all benefited or <laughs> benefited. We've all kind of had to take that on the chin. And so like, not to like throw them under the bus here, but like Nepenthes talks about all the time that like the, Limited cards he bought were like the absolute peak. And instead of getting pissed off and selling and leaving, like he was like, oh, let me find a different way to play. And now, now he has. Like now he has, like, I think people would have understood if he ultimately was like, oh no, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Um. Sorry, I was picturing, or I was going back to literally today's 
so far so rare where Nellis was talking about how he spent more on a Leroy Sané card than anyone else. And I was like, is that actually true? And yeah, it is. Quinny pulled a black on Nellis there. Andy knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I don't even remember where, like how we got into this topic. But I think that there are, if if you, if the value of your cards now is much less than when you joined, which is the case for a lot of people, I think that that, that mentally... Like if, if you don't want to leave because you enjoy the product, well, that's good. And, and if you do want to leave, but you're like, I don't want to take losses on all these, like just let them sit. Like I don't, I'm a big, like your opinion or your attitude is based on what you want it to be. And like, you can let that, you can let a $20,000 loss like bother you to no end. But it also, if you're, if you're using the energy for anger, you're not going to get any of that money back. And so I think there, there's just, you just have to play differently now. And the, the game gives you a lot of opportunities to start clawing back. And I think that's what a lot of people should do. And Kev, yeah, Kev, I think you're doing it exactly right. He's saying he's just, you know, he's been getting better limiteds. Yeah, and you just keep going. I, I, I enjoy the game a lot. And I realize that, like, I, I like, my, uh, my duration of so rare, of being on so rare has aided with what I'm able to do on the, on the site. Um, but it, it, um, allows me to, um, I don't know what I was saying with that. Sorry. This, this wasn't like directed at you, Mr. X. There are, are so many people who are in the, a very similar situation. Um, but I like, I do think that there, there are different ways that people can go about it. And one of them is just being angry. And upset, and I'm not going to tell anyone not to be angry. Like telling other people how they should feel is not not where I'm going. But I think that there are there are ways to get back and to like find ways to enjoy this game if you want to do it. And if you don't like, that's cool. That's cool. Um, Mike Bass, and the door that opened was the uh, make it a double double podcast. That's all. Um, John Andrews said the game and life in general becomes more enjoyable when you block out the outside noise and only focus on what you're doing and what the people you like are doing. So, so I get that. I actually am. I like hearing the outside noise. Um, partially because it reminds me that some of the stuff I say is absurd to people who are upset. And I, 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 I want to understand why people are upset and I'm not here to like tell them why, how they should get better. But I think it's important to at least understand why people are upset. And like, I lost money is a reason to get upset, but it also like, okay, now do something. 
like just sitting there and being angry is not helping any, is not helping you. And so let's figure out how to get out of it. That's all. That sounded pretty harsh too. All right. Before I really get myself in a pickle here, I'm going to go. But next week, I'm going to try to keep the schedule like the regular schedule. And exactly, Mike, the outside noise is what gives us ideas for content. Um, so yeah, the time, like, <clears throat> I hope that we can do every show next week, except off topic, because I'm traveling all Friday. And so I won't have that. Uh, oh, Hoodwings here. What do you got? I've got some limiteds for over the Asia break, a bit of fun and not bothered about prices. Hopefully win some cards in cash. that will help get more cheap Asia rares though. Now we're talking. Thanks for chiming in, Hoodwink. I saw Hoodwink was on Make It a Double Double. I'll get to that hopefully in the next few days. Um, so, yeah. So I hope to do the game week previews on Monday and Wednesday with Quinny. Strategy show might be a different day, actually, for a different reason. Um, and what else do we do? Limited time only, collection time only. So are Andrews. I'm hoping to do all of them. Uh, all the shows will not be in French next week, Mike. Um, yeah, I, I, who knows how it'll work, but, um, but yeah, thank you to everybody. Appreciate all the, uh, have a good trips as well. Um, so yeah, hopefully I will check it. I'll see you all on Monday, uh, from France. So, um, thank you everybody. Hope you guys uh, crush this game week and we'll see you soon.